The ocean is a dangerous place. Not only does it have a lot of predators, but food can also be scarce in the vast desert of the open ocean. That's why it's best to have tools in your tool belt for navigating and for hunting. For the winghead shark, that tool happens to be mounted directly on the front of its face. If you've ever wondered why God gave hammerhead sharks their strange-looking noggin, then it's time to dive into it here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back from your far-flung journeys to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. Check that out. You can follow us on... Uh, you can visit us. Don't follow us. That's weird. That's creep. Stop following us. Just <laughs> visit us. We invite you to come visit us at our home on the web at ltdaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about Captain America of the sea with a similar style of headwear, but more on that later. Yeah, I love that scene in Captain America where he just has a giant wing glued to his forehead. Mm-hmm. That's the, that was the... Uh, and he said, it's it's winging time. <laughs> <laughs> he does have wings on his head. Yes, but he's got little, little wings. He's got little, like, Hermes wings from yeah. from Hercules. Um, yeah. We did say wing. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the wing-head shark. He's a, he looks like it's, a, it's like a hammerhead shark. It, it is a Not hammer. It's a wing. Yeah, what? It's not a hammer. What are you? What are you crazy? It doesn't look anything like a hammer. It looks like a wing. <laughs> uh, it, it looks like a Mjolnir. Not just any hammer. Yeah, it, it actually really does look like Mjolnir. <laughs> um, at least the symbol for Mjolnir that the he the modern heathens use. Um, and that's not a. That's not a, an inherently derogatory statement. That's literally what they call themselves. Um, but so it's a winghead shark. We're going to call it here a street shark named Desire. Actually, his name is Jab. Jab is the street shark. That's a that's a hammerhead. Um, <laughs> the uh, we're going to call it the cross-eyed cruiser, and a wing and a scare. It's good. Do you have any? You want me to you have any, tell you what it's with the with the people the the experts over at the taxonomy dot dot uh, net. Have to call about. I was hoping that you had a little bit of science in your pocket. There's a little bit of okay. magic science left in this world. Oh, okay. Uh, they're in the kingdom, you know, love, and are in the kingdom, Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. It may be cartilaginous, but it's a spine nonetheless. The class is Chondrichthys. The order is. Oh, here we go. Carcharhiniformes. Yeah. Carcharhiniformes. Carcharhiniformes. C H A R. 
how, what are you supposed to make of that? Is it like an SH, like chartreuse? Is it like a CH, like Charizard? Or Char, I guess. Uh, or is it a K, like character? What are you supposed Carcarinoforms. to... Carcarinoforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the family Spherinidae. 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 Spherinidae? Spherinidae. Spherinidae? Spherinidae? Spherinidae Gully? Spherinidae Gully? It's in the genus uh, Eusphera. Spelled like Europe. Eusphera. Spelled exactly like Europe. It's crazy pronunciation. It just says <laughs> Europe in front of us, but we know it's pronounced Eusphera. <laughs> uh, it's in the species. The binomial name is Eusphera blotchy. Mm. Probably blocky. Yee. Yee. Two eyes in a row. Eusphera. My dragon. Eusphera blotchy. So, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite my second favorite part of the show, nitty-gritty nomenclature. I like it because it's also in the business of naming things. Business is so good. The naming things business. So, this is the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a different question. And that question is, what does the nomenclature mean in English? So we have Eusphera Blotchy. What does that mean? Does it mean A... Blotchy's good hammer. B. Long winged spot. C. Heavy gliding ball. Or D. Opaque guard. Opaque guard is the one I'm going to say. That's your final answer? It sure is. All right. The, uh, that is incorrect. Fair enough. It is Blotchy's good hammer. Blotchy is just the name good of hammer. the guy. You always say good stuff, so I thought that was the... <laughs> Do I say good? Sure. Do I say yeah, good you stuff? always describe stuff as good. Oh, like... Or double good good. Oh, like it's a good good thing. Uh, that's the that's the <laughs> Griffin McElroy in me coming out. Um, it's a good good thing you do that because it threw me off. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, you uh, is the... Is a prefix meaning good. Like in eugenics. Nice. <laughs> that means <laughs> it means good genetics. It really does? That's all it means? Ah, man, it should be something more sinister. I mean it it does. I mean it it tra- it ends up being something very sinister, but it literally just I guess means you good genetics. I guess the devil doesn't good name genes. uh doesn't call himself evil snake man. Calls himself light angel. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Blotchy's good in the the uh, and Sphera's hammer and uh, Blotchy's the name of uh, the person that described it uh, is the last name of the person who described it. <laughs> it sounds like it would be the nickname of the person who described it. They're like that, ah, that's <laughs> that's stinky, that's fatty, and that's blotchy for <laughs> 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 the veterans. <laughs> um, but uh, it all Blotchy's good hammer also sounds like a. A uh, like a brand, like a like when you need a hammer, nobody does it like blotchies. I was thinking it sounds like a destiny weapon. The good hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gallahorn. Yeah, that sounds way better than good hammer. 
okay. Um. Yeah. Would you, you like to have it described? Yeah, I would. Well, it's a gray and white hammerhead shark. I don't know what to tell you. It's a shark. Looks like a hammerhead shark. Um, the, sh- the, the shark cuts a thin torpedo-shaped silhouette with a large dorsal and caudal fin. So proportionally large fins compared to its body shape. Um, it's not a thick one like a like like our our uh, bullet bill shaped friends like the uh, Greenland the great shark. white or it's little the little one that we just talked about that looks like a great white the bull the bull shark that too that's a good one to mention in terms of the opposite of this this is a thins one a thinsman a thins mint they have a pronounced hammer with a large wingspan. The wingspan of their hammerhead. Uh, and it's larger than your typical hammerhead, I'd say. At least proportionally. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a thin torpedo with a lot of stuff coming off of it in terms of fin. Uh, but what else is there to say about a shark than to describe its size? That's all we're really th- here for. We want to know if this thing's going to swallow us in the deep. Uh, so welcome to the beloved measure up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions and relatable terms to a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or making the sound of a shark. Uh, the words, <laughs> the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. That sentence didn't work out. Um, but we don't have a new measure up intro this week. So that means we get to hear from a shark. Okay. Shark will introduce. Is it this. Jab? I'm excited to hear from Jab. I don't know what Jab is. Jab is the street shark that is a, that is a hammerhead. From Finding Nemo? No, from Street Sharks. Oh, actual Street Sharks. <laughs> For these. I forgot about the Street Sharks. Uh, no, it's not. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. giving me agita you know that i don't know how else to say this to you lenny you see something you kill it you eat it period <laughs> i think that's robert de niro from shark tale oh wow i was like are you talking <laughs> is it a lone shark like what are we talking is is he a mob i've not seen shark tale because by the time i even thought about it everyone was telling me it was the worst thing ever so it's kind of funny, and it's like, it's the it's like right now it's kind of like the B movie of the of today, where it's making a ironic resurgence. I also haven't seen the B movie, so that one's less worth it, I think. But this one's got a funny scene. Well, this is the beginning of the scene where he's trying to convince the Jack Black shark to eat a shrimp, and the shrimp tells a sob story, and that sob story is a TikTok sound. A sound you will hear on TikTok quite a lot. Really? I'm just trying to baby. You don't, you've never heard that? I'm just trying to baby? My sister had a baby? That, you've never heard that? No. I don't have TikTok. I don't want the Chinese to know my, <laughs> well, I mean, the from 10 digits that make up else. my phone number. But I still take care of it with my wife. And it's growing and it's... 
it's fairly happy, but it's difficult because I've been working a second shift at the factory to put food <laughs> on the table. <laughs> what in the world? It's a shrimp saying this thing that his sister had a baby and uh, the, the his sister died and he's raising the baby, but it doesn't have any arms or legs, but it's fairly happy. <laughs> <laughs> what an odd thing to like take off on TikTok. It's so weird. Like in the movie, it's so weird that it's it's you remember it. Yeah, I guess I would remember it too. I'd feel bad for shrimp, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's talk about actual animal stuff. Well, I guess a shrimp's an animal. Um, let's talk about length. This shark is between is one point nine meters or. 6.2 feet. That's a pretty big shark. You always think your shark's going to be small because there's a lot of small sharks. But when they get big, they get big. No, I usually assume that sharks are going to be big. If you say, oh, look, there's a shark, I assume I'm I'm looking for a 10-footer. What if I'm saying, oh, look, there's a shark? Then I would probably be questioning you more than the shark. <laughs> if degrees were measured in feet... How many winghead sharks would go into the heat of the sun's corona? This is not fair. <laughs> the corona is the sun's atmosphere. So, here's a hint. The surface of the sun is 10,000 degrees. 10,340 degrees. How many, About five times the temperature of lava. So, of course, Balmy. there's a big difference between the heat between the big difference in heat between the surface of the sun and the sun's atmosphere. Um, so what do you think? If degrees were measured in feet. You said 5,000 degrees for the surface. 10,000 10, degrees for the surface. So is this your anchoring attempt? I was going to say a thousand degrees, but now you said ten thousand degrees for the surface. So now we got to now we got to boost that. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a Carbonaro effect. I think car salesmen use it a lot more than psychologists do. <laughs> I'm not one of those either. Um, well, that's good. Never sold a car ever. Uh, never mind. I've traded cars in. I didn't have to do a yeah. lot of. Gaslighting, though, um, or anchoring, or or social manipulation. Um, let's go with a uh, half, five thousand degrees slash feet. If degrees were feet, the stories they could tell. <laughs> 6.2 oh, we'll go with 806 I suppose I I feel no measure of confidence for this whatsoever so go 800 yeah 806 sharks are as hot as the sur the corona yeah I'm gonna I'll go ahead and let you commit to that sentence <laughs> final answer yeah the correct answer is 322,581. So is the corona hotter? 
Yes, I was tricking you, but it wasn't an anchor. The sun's atmosphere is 2 million degrees. Uh, well, I was thinking you were thinking that the anchor was like 10,000 is so hot and the atmosphere is actually much less hot. The anchor goes either it way. Actually, it's just, a, it's a, it's, it is an, I have no point of reference. And then you gave me a point of reference that's intended to lead me in a particular direction. Mis- mislead you. Yes. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. You knew for sure. Yes, that I was, was anchor. Wrong. Then I was anchoring you. I was trying to get you to say something different by giving you that number. So yes, the sun's atmosphere. Though it was a true thing to say. Wait, didn't you? Uh, did you say that the? Am I forgetting? I have to. I'm gonna have to look back on on this. But did you say I, that the atmosphere was a lot hotter than the surface? No, I said it was very different. Very different. Ah, there you go. Very different. The sun's atmosphere is two million degrees, about two hundred times hotter than the surface of the sun. Uh, this is a huge mystery, by the way, why it's so much hotter in the in the atmosphere of the sun. So one explanation is the frequent occurrence of nano flares, which are small solar flares that are about one billionth the power of a full solar flare. But don't let that make you think it's small because it's still releasing the energy of a hydrogen bomb all the time on the surface of the sun, making the these nano these nano flares belch heat into the sun's atmosphere making it a balmy 2 million degrees it's just weird that like the source of that heat is not as hot or hotter than where we're it talking goes. about we're talking about the general average heat of the sun's surface versus super hot explosions so the super hot explosions on the sun's surface are hot but that's like uh, that is what the sun is is just expl- is just explosions contained by gravity like that's that's what well, <laughs> that's what's happening <laughs> what's well, burning well it's plasma it is it, 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 let's not go let's not it is like, it is molly it is our brains are gonna melt. it's atoms being combined into he- making denser atoms <laughs> yes and the renders um, released from that and flares are very hot instances of this situation happening on the surface. So s- let's talk about their cephalofoil wingspan, their hammerhead wingspan. Could you also Hammerspan. could you also not find a single reference to how heavy these guys were? No, I could not. I, I looked for a while. I guess everybody gets their information from Wikipedia, and if Wikipedia doesn't say how long they are, then nobody knows how long they are or how heavy they are. Um, it, it's also just the fact that the weight of stuff is often not reported when it comes to the ocean. Oh, you can find the weight of most like major F- fish that you catch. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about their wings, their head span. They're 0.9 meters or three feet. How many cephalofoil lengths go into the length of the Autodrome Internazionale Enzo e dei Ferrari? No. Also called Imola. You and your Formula Can One. Can you guess what this European is? It's a Formula One. <laughs> here's a hint. Hey, we just had one in Miami. Uh, here's a hint Miami Imola. is North Cuba. 
We're also having one in Las Vegas and in somewhere else. I forget where. Uh, in, in, in the United States. Here's a hint. Imola is an Italian motorway in the city of Imola in the Emilia Romagna, Romagna region of Italy. Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, two weekends ago, not last weekend, but the weekend before, was the scheduled Imola race day, uh, race weekend. Uh, but it was canceled because the region was experiencing catastrophic flooding. That's not good. And when you have a F F one race, you have to have a certain amount of emergency standby. And they didn't want to say, hey, you need to come help us with our big race and stop trying to dig people out of their houses <laughs> and get people away from the floods. We've got so vroom vrooms to, 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 to race right <laughs> yeah. now. It was nice. Some of the F1 drivers, they had a ticket there, so they went anyway and helped with uh, some demudding and stuff. Hmm. That's uh, Italian is strangely relevant because we're going to go over some Italian things later on. Pretty so, what bad. is the actual measurement? Like, what what am I measuring here? You are measuring uh, the length of this track. The the track. Uh, okay. The Autodrome Internazionale Enzo e Dino Ferrari. You nailed it. Um. These are definitely longer than the NASCAR ones, right? They're all loop-de-loop and Need for Speed, Underground 2. Um, I don't know. 10 miles. So a ten mile loop on this track. That doesn't sound too bad for a car that can like, uh, basically take flight if it <laughs> if it's a uh, um on a straightaway. Um, and it, what what was it three three feet and how many inches? Three feet. Oh, three feet. And no inches. No inches. That's a paradox. It's three feet and zero inches. Because <laughs> um, it's at least 36 inches. Uh, I'm going to say 17,600. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's how many winghead shark heads go into the length of this one loop of this track. The correct answer is 5,368. Man, I have not even gotten. I haven't gotten close enough to even do the math to see if I've gotten a nursing school victory in <laughs> weeks. The track is four kilometers, four point nine kilometers, or three miles. Three mile track. I thought so, about saying five miles, and I would have been a lot closer. But I was like, no, they got these guys do all kinds of twisty turns and 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 fun loops and. And stuff like that. So it must be a little longer, but you have to tell me your uh, special interests of the week. 
one of these times because measure up is often we're talking about space and racing the stuff i'm interested in right now. we're talking about crusades space (laughs) and racing (laughs) because i'm making the question so you got to tell me like one of the things that you're deep diving into before i do one of these video games guns and guitars yeah (laughs) i'll do i've done have a games guns and guitars guns yeah, I'll do guns. Those are my the, those are my deep dives, and then uh, parenthood. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty deep dive of mine. How many how many how many sharks go into the largest parent? <laughs> a blue whale. <laughs> largest parent. <laughs> I, think I would love to have that Guinness World Book of Records title. <laughs> World's largest parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 sounds like one of those things where it's like, well, technically, there's a largest uh, a largest man who never had a child, but you're the largest parent. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? Isn't it tallest, or is it like body mass, or what's going on? Um, anyway, so do you have um, any, uh, I mean, I have some. Fast you have facts the fast facts. Bring it on before we get into the major fact. Uh, winghead sharks are found in shallow coastal waters throughout the Indo-Pacific region. Their diet consists of small bony fish, crustaceans, and cephalopods. Uh, a placenta connects the developing young to their mother, which keeps them alive to term. Winghead sharks are viviparous. Or, yeah, viviparous, like the rest of their family. Um, females have a functional ovary and two functional uteri. When the shark is pregnant with multiple baby sharks, her uterus has separate compartments for each baby. Sharks, in which I don't know enough about reproduction in other animals to know if that's notable. Um, But I know fish usually don't have uteruses at all. So that's something. Sharks near Mumbai mate during the monsoon season between July and August. Males usually bite the females on their sides to, as a prelude to mating, um, which doesn't sound like you'd want to spend any time around somebody who has razor sharp teeth and likes to bite. Um, sorry, sorry, like my brain actually turned off when you said baby shark. <laughs> I like didn't hear the next several sentences. I, I wasn't. I'm not the world's largest parent, so I do did not even register that as a a problematic phrase. It's not. It's not even a problematic phrase. It's it it it's like I said. I don't know. I forgot. Maybe last week or something. It's just my brain's like, okay, that's what we that that was the <laughs> that's the that's the that's the signal. Shut everything. Shut all the uh, uh, auditory senses down. We don't need to hear anything for the next <laughs> three and a half minutes. It's time to dissociate to survive. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> f- something about biting. Um, the male mating? sharks bite the female sharks as a prelude to mating. So yeah. you know how like the uh, birds of paradise will like do a dance, show their shiny feathers. Yeah, but these guys are like, let me just take a chomp, take a chomp of yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Females reproduce yearly and can have six to twenty-five pups, depending on their size. And I'm 
I can't remember if I meant depending on the pup's size or depending on the female size, but I'm guessing depending on the female size. Gestation depends on location, which is something I say all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of Jordan Peterson's rules of life. (laughs) Gestation depends on location. It's like the solution for pollution is dilution. Let's put put that on a sign on my front lawn. <laughs> and then if people say, what the heck are you talking about? Then you could say, it takes about eight to nine months for babies to gestate off the coast of Western India and 10 to 11 months off the coast of Northern Australia if you're a winghead shark. If I do that enough, I'll get a lien on my house from the HOA. <laughs> <laughs> it's generally considered harmless to humans and winghead sharks, uh, the winghead shark is fished throughout its range for shark fin soup and other products. And yet they don't know how much it weighs. <laughs> Nobody uh, weighed this thing. Nobody caught a six-foot shark and said, I want to find out how much this weighs. They're probably <laughs> fishing it. It's Chinese ships that are fishing it, and you know they don't tell us anything. Oh, that's true. Uh, they probably have mountains of data on that that they're, not, that they're just keeping real close to the chest, all along with all that TikTok data. Yeah. This has contributed to population issues. TikTok data. No, I mean uh, shark fishing. Uh, And the IUCN considers them endangered. Its population is doing fine in Australian waters where it's not fished. What a surprise. How bizarre. Do they hope to gain, when they like eat a tiger's heart and hope to gain its courage, do they hope to gain the shark's hammer? (laughs) The might of Thor. Yeah. Or the might of whatever Thor's equivalent is in whoever's god of the lightning in Chinese mythology. I'm sure some Chinese people enjoy the taste of their food. It's not all (laughs) Breath of the Wild trying to get mighty bananas to give you more strength. I'm sure some Chinese people enjoy the taste of their (laughs) food. You know what? I have. I think you're right. <laughs> I have to concede that I, I. Some of them have to like the food they eat. <laughs> some of them must like shark fin soup. I mean, there are, uh, McDonald's is alive and well in China. I know that from firsthand experience. So clearly, not everybody is trying to absorb the power of the food they eat. <laughs> even though you even though you are literally absorbing do. the power yeah. of the, the food you eat. you're either absorbing it or you're getting rid of it the absorbing the metaphysical qualities of the thing that used to be the food that you eat <laughs> it's like oh i can't wait to go to mcdonald's and get a chinese mcdonald's hot dog and absorb the power of dog <laughs> whatever <laughs> absorb, the, absorb the power of 25 pig hooves <laughs> <laughs> I love that blanket statement though. Yeah, I'm sure some sometimes Chinese people enjoy food. Um <laughs> All right, anything else? That's all I got for that. All right. Uh this major facts called I'll be your wingman. So I think we can all agree that hammerheads are awesome obviously, but their signature noggin is for more than making jab look cool. Their head is actually called a cephalofoil, as you mentioned. That's a, that's a cool word. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sounds like a tactic in fencing. It's when you stab him in the head. You you poke (laughs) him in the face. (laughs) That's what you do. It's a face poke. And that was like really not cool to say, face poke. And so they're just like, ah, it's a cephalofoil. Oh, Um, excellent. Either that or it's one of those, it's a crazy person that's trying to stop the, uh, the CIA from transmitting uh things into their their tooth fillings it's no it's the thing that they wear it's it's not i'm not wearing tinfoil on my head don't be ridiculous this is a cephalofoil it's important <laughs> this is a cephalofoil. <laughs> i'm a bear not an animal <laughs> um <laughs> oh gosh it's late um uh, so there are three major advantages to having a head that looks like this or that's shaped like this. Um, the first is that it gives the wing a head shark a much better FOV or field of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so most prey species have eyes on either sides of their heads and that allows them to have wide field of vision, but poor depth perception and not to mention the fact that they can't see very well straight ahead. So this is like ducks and fish, and sheep, and things like that. If you look at them, their eyes are mounted on either side of their head. And they look at you best when they are turned to the side. Birds will almost always like turn to the side to look at you. And that's because their eyes are, are, not, fo- are not on the fronts of their faces. And so this allows them to see almost all of their surroundings uh, at the same time, but with low quality. Um, and since the the field of vision of both eyes they don't overlap um predators on the other hand they tend to have eyes that are located closer together on the front of the face this is like cats dogs bears humans um and since those eyes are closer together those uh fields of vision overlap creating binocular vision by meaning two ocular meaning eye two eyes when they overlap, you can judge distances. You can see things in better focus. You can change focuses. There's a lot there's a lot of quality you get from having eyes that are close together and not far apart. But that comes at the expense of not being able to see, you know, almost 360 around you. You can't, can't see very well on the sides and you can't see anything that's behind you. Um, and this goes really, you know, hand in hand with being predator and prey. As prey, you need to be aware of what's around you. You don't necessarily need to see it all that well. You just need to know that it's there. Um, and as a predator, you need to be able to focus in on your prey as you're pursuing. Um, the but the wing head's eyes are located on either tip of the shark's head, so they are they are far apart. Um, but they're facing forward and they're facing the same direction. So they're not they're not on either side of the head, completely separate. They are facing forward. Um, And they are, they're also kind of uh, able to see inward and their field of visions, fields of vision, fields of glory, um, fields of dreams, you you might even say. Um, They're able to uh, see inward to the inner man, to the inner shark. They're able to, (laughs) in the field of dreams, they're able to see the angels in the outfield. Um, <laughs> uh, and so they have this this uh, really heavily overlapping binocular or field of vision so that they have uh, good binocular vision in front of them. And they can also see 
around them. So they get the best of both worlds because of the shape of their head. Um, so that's one major advantage is, is vision. Um, the second advantage is hydrodynamics, which is like aerodynamics, but underwater. Um, I, it may surprise you that a wing head's head acts like a wing. Um, so as the shark swims forward and water passes over and under the head, um, it'll, it only takes a slight pitch for the head, uh, for them to, uh, start swimming upward or downward or to change directions. Um, they can kind of, you know, they can pitch and yaw like you would with a, uh, um, in a plane and, uh, um, I lost my, wasn't it? Um, and so the 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 issue is is that their head is not very hydrodynamic compared to the bullet bill shaped uh, sharks we talked about earlier. So it actually takes more energy to push this big, wide, flat thing through the water um, than it does for most other sharks. But because it can change positions by just tilting its head and not actually having to put its whole body into changing uh, directions it's able to be a lot more agile which allows it to catch more agile fish and there's actually a whole there, there, without the hammerhead there would be a gap in the predator prey food chain of these agile fish that most sharks can't catch uh, because they're not equipped to um, and then you would have an imbalance of overpopulation of these fish and um, and all the things that come from removing a key species, not a keystone species, but a, a major species from the food chain. Um, so its giant, odd-looking head allows it to, to be more agile. The third advantage of having a nice long head like that is uh, that is from its sense, sensory capabilities. So many sharks have can sense electromagnetic fields in the water. They use special receptors or special sensors in their head called ampullae of Lorenzini. <laughs> I told you the Italian would come back and I had to do the hand thing. That's, I took a semester, two semesters of Italian in college and I yet yeah, this is this is the only way that I can pronounce like that. I didn't ampullae do the hand of thing. Lorenzini. You didn't? I didn't I didn't and that's why the pronunciation was so bad. Yeah, next time try it try it with a hand. Yeah. Um so all animals with hearts and muscles give off electricity as they move and their hearts beat. Uh this is amplified underwater. And when these currents reach the shark, they uh enter into a small well, they have lots of these, but they'll enter into small pits, and these pits are full of receptor cells with little hairs on them called cilia, and these receptor cells are called the ampullae of Lorenzini. Which sounds like a P.T. Barnum freak. Like, this is the bearded woman, and this is the ampule of Lorenzini. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, a dog with a tentacle coming out of its forehead. Um, but uh, so wing heads have the, you know, the largest or widest heads. Uh, and so they have the most AOLs. Or people have loaded they have mo um, ah. most American online's floppy disks, um, 
and so not only do they have the most, but they're also spread over a wider area, which means they can sample more of the more of the water as they swim than the average shark. They get m more information, um, and they would be able to d uh, they. So an, an analysis of this electro uh, receptor um, sensing ability or electromagnetic sensing ability uh, shows that they would be able to detect a current generated if you were able to connect a normal AA battery from Long Island to Florida. So if you had one end in Long Island and the other end in Florida, the current traveling between those two is something that a hammerhead, the winghead, well, hammerheads in general, but winghead in particular would be able to to detect because of how powerful its sensory capabilities are. Wow. And this is five million times better than humans, which is, I mean, what are our electromagnetic sensing capabilities? Like, you have to be shocked, to literally shocked, to know that there is an electromagnetic field. Like, if my hair isn't standing up, then I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, so uh, that they can also detect pressure changes in the water using this organ called the lateral line organ. And it is longer uh, in the head of a uh, of a hammerhead, particularly the wing head with the longest head um, than it is in any other shark. And so they can also detect when um uh, things move quickly or things move around them. There's just more information. Uh, so they don't, it, all this stuff works in the middle of the night when it's pitch black. It works when there's really, uh, there's a lot of sensory noise. Like if there's, if the water is murky or if there's another sound in the water, like there's, they have these, uh, options to find prey. Um, and then they can also detect chemicals in the water through their nostrils, you know, chemoreceptors that most things have in their uh most mammals at least in um and fish they, anything that has nostrils is they just it's chemoreceptors but the wing head has the longest nostrils uh and also the spacing between them is uh a lot further and that helps them triangulate uh if they get more from one nostril than the other they can better understand where the trail of that they are following is heading so um, the only downside to having a head like this is that it's hard to push through the water. Other than that, uh, it gives them better vision. It helps them with hydrodynamics in terms of, uh, being agile rather than fast. Um, and it, it basically is radar and metal detector and super smell organ, super nose all at the same time. Don't mess and with the great wish. Uses it or, to uh, eat a fish. Don't <laughs> don't mess with a hammerhead. Yes, uses it to <laughs> uses it to eat fish. What a waste! <laughs> what well, a I guess it waste. makes sense. I guess it makes sense when you need to find something in the vastness of the open ocean. You you need to find something that is specifically Delicious. fast and uh, jittery. Like just go go. You jump in the water and try to. Snack. Sna try to snack on a fish with, with no hands <laughs> if you could jump in the water in the ocean I can't even bob for apples in a and come and come out of the water with a fish in your mouth with your arms tied behind your back uh, then 
then you you have you're free to judge the hammerhead shark as much as you like. I'd just be concentrating on not drowning in that situation. <laughs> yeah. That's all I well got. Well done. Well done, Hammerhead. I guess. That's all I got. All right, that was the winghead shark for you out there in podcasting. Carve through the water, pick up some electric signals, and remember that when your head is a hammer, every fish is a nail. Like the winghead shark, you're in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's pretty good it's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said (laughs) no no sorry um only a Sith deals uh, only a Sith deals and absolutes that's the dumbest thing (laughs) that's exactly what I was gonna say